0: Hey everyone, my name is Reiner De Vries. I'm the founder of LearnAppBank.com and you are listening to the App Guy podcast.
1: The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy. Welcome to this episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So, this episode, I'm going to be talking with a guy. That's completely opposite to uh, my previous guest. If you remember my last episode, if you've heard it, uh, we talked to a guy who's never had a job. He's left college and uh, he went in to run his own business. He's only ever known entrepreneurship. He's never known what it's like to work for a corporate. In this episode, it is the other end of the spectrum. It's a guy who's worked for corporate almost all of his life, 18 years plus at Microsoft he was incredibly important really high up uh, in Microsoft and he quit it all to start a company start his own thing and uh, move uh, country and uh, it's just a, really interesting to hear the other side of the spectrum and uh, if you're in a company and you've been there for some time uh, it's really inspirational to hear how you move out of it and how you get into the whole world of startups and doing your own thing. So do stay tuned for this really interesting episode with uh, Kazu Nakamura. Um, but uh, in the meantime, let me thank my two sponsors who help, help keep this show on the road. Uh, first is Toptal. Toptal.com forward slash pool is where you need to go. Toptal.com forward slash pool. You will get an up to two week risk-free trial of uh, the Toptal uh, network. They are a network of high caliber top talent. And uh, if you're looking for a developer or a designer to join your uh, team, then toptal.com forward slash Paul is where you need to go. We're also supported by GummyCube.com. That's GummyCube, G-U-M-M-I-Cube, C-U-B-E.com. It's trusted by thousands of growth marketers and developers. You can launch a campaign and they will help you with app store optimization, ranking for the right keywords. We often hear how important that is. So gummycube.com for everything you need to know about app store optimization for your app, your business. Thank you to my two sponsors who have helped make this show possible. So let's get into the episode then with Kazura Nakamura, or as he prefers to be known, Kaz. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. So in this journey with this podcast, I uh, am always fascinated with the journeys of the entrepreneurs that we chat to. You'll find that many people have uh, quite uh, interesting journeys, very interesting journeys. And so, if you're listening to this and you're stuck in a corporate job and you, you're looking for alternatives, then this is the podcast for you because we introduce you to alternative lifestyles enjoyed by the many app founders the many entrepreneurs and so today let me introduce you uh, this great guest. He is uh, well. His name's uh, Kazura Nakamura, but I'm going to just call him Kaz. He is the uh, founder of a very unpronounceable website. Uh, I'm going to just say Quip.com, but there's a story behind that as well. Uh, and uh, he helps founders uh, with uh, design and uh, tech challenges. But he's got a fascinating journey. So, Kaz, welcome to the App Guy Podcast.
0: Hey, uh, thank you, uh, Paul. Uh, this is Kaz, and yeah, uh, thank you for having me here.
1: Thank you for sharing your journey and inspiring me already. Uh, just the pre-chat we had, I'm totally blown away. So let me just summarize what I've learned from you. You have been at Microsoft for 18 years and then you left to start your own thing. You were in Singapore. You're now in Amsterdam. You're originally Japanese. You're a complete global citizen. You've been around uh, and you've gone through bankruptcy for years. You're now um, working on various projects and you're still boss-free after all these... um, these years outside of Microsoft. Is that pretty much in a nutshell your journey?
0: Yeah, it it is pretty much in a nutshell of my journey. And then the uh, one thing I can add is that the... The I I I experienced the uh the, the first uh, the project I've done at the Microsoft is a service design uh for the Windows ninety five uh call center, and that is the um beginning of the journey and that keeps me uh going through this journey until this day.
1: Uh, say that again. So you're doing servicing for what the Windows ninety five?
0: Yes, service design for Windows ninety five. So the services, yeah. 1995. <laughs> yeah,
1: 1995.
0: So th- that's when I started. <laughs>
1: And what, you worked at Microsoft on Windows 95 throughout the entire time at Microsoft?
0: No, what I did is that um, uh, the reason why Microsoft hired me in the beginning is that they they were preparing for um, the launch of the Windows 95 and they're they're expecting the tidal wave of the support call. And my job was to um, prepare Microsoft for um, getting this tidal wave of their support call that we are expecting. So that in order for us to do that, we need to design the service in such a way to uh, accommodate the, all the angry customers.
1: <laughs> right, okay. So so, so that's uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to this now where they've spent a lot of years in their company. It may even be a tech company, a Google, a Microsoft, a Facebook, uh, an Apple, whatever it may be. Uh, mine is, actually was banking um, you and I both left after quite a long time in our existing jobs. I know how painful it must feel. How on earth did you come you know get, get the, the strength to leave after 18 years at such um you know a stable uh, job?
0: Well dear, um what Microsoft encouraged uh everyone is to uh stay out of comfort zone. And dear, um so that's the reason why I um the left Japan and they moved to Singapore to take their um, regional role and looking after their 1 billion uh, revenue uh, for the Asia, uh, entire Asia region. And then the, I realized that the, I felt comfortable uh, again and the, I feel urged to stay out of comfort zone. And the, I find after eighteen years, that uh, you find that the Microsoft itself become your comfort zone, right? So that that's the reason why I left. So that it's uh, the it's a fear that pushed me uh, um, out of the Microsoft. So that I I st- I stay I want to be stay innovative and I want to stay uh, challenging um, for the innovation. That's the reason why I left.
1: And what I love about the podcasting is that. Oh, just is that okay we got some feedback there i think um yeah what i love about podcasting is the the fact that we change people's lives and many people have listened to this show and changed their lifestyle uh, and uh, what i'm learning from you is that if anyone is in a, a very comfortable comfort zone <laughs> get out of it Dry, you know listen to your fear and do do something so but it's still hard to do though, isn't it? still you know you had to pretty much hand your notice in after eighteen years
0: yes it, it's true, but their um the fear is of their being comfortable is much greater than their uh, fear of their getting out um, the if you are long enough in the country, uh, company like the uh, big company like Microsoft you will learn how to maneuver into organization and how to play politics and uh, I can see myself being the politician after maybe after the uh, if I stay five years more and that, that, that is a fear I, I had uh, when I uh, was uh, thinking about uh, leaving Microsoft
1: so, so Kaz, did you have a plan in place before you left? Was it a one year plan two year plan or was it really an impulsive decision?
0: No, actually that it took me a year to leave the Microsoft so that it, it wasn't really um, the impulse uh, but it, it was the uh, I planned this together with my boss uh, and it took me uh, half, uh, one year to think about it and half year together with my boss to, um, to develop the, my successor so that real, uh, it, was, it wasn't really the impulse thing but it's more the planned journey out of dear Microsoft. Uh,
1: Kaz, I cannot believe how many similarities you've got with your journey and I've got with mine. You uh, do. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I, it, I had a year of collaboration with my boss and then six months to actually leave. It was exactly the same process. And what I'm learning from this is we may feel that this is, we are strange for these decisions that we make and everyone around us thinks we're crazy. You know, I'm sure you had the same, but that there's more, there's more people like us that do these things. Uh, any suggestions on that 18-month period on, on maybe mistakes you made and things you learned that we can help with others who may be planning on an exit?
0: Dear, um, in hindsight, I should have prepared for my business um, before leaving Microsoft. Because dear, I, I prepared for dear, um, the transition Like, I helped my uh, successor uh, getting ready for their taking over my job and everything. But I haven't really prepared for their myself. And um, if I look back, uh, what I could have done is that I could have uh, prepared more for the business. Because after I left, I was thinking, okay, what should I do? And I didn't really have a plan. And uh, I felt that I have. Much time, uh, uh, a lot of time to prepare, pre- prepare for my business after uh, eight eight years of the large corporation. So that they um, but the what I qu- quickly learned is that the, the, you can burn your cash quick, uh, pretty fast, and the, you really need to uh, ramp up the business quickly. So that they the, the if I had advice to the um the. People who are working at the large company and they're preparing for their um, to leave and for for their own venture, uh, s- s- they're prepare for the business as soon. Uh, they're um, while you're in the company.
1: Kaz, I have to say again, I just it's almost like speaking to the mirror image of myself. In um, you're right, uh, I had that same experience, and I and and that's what I love about doing this podcast. We can teach others from our own experience. I burnt through my cash. I had a big payoff from my uh, company, and then said to my wife, "Don't worry, I'll continue paying the rent. I'll continue living the same lifestyle as I had whilst at the company. I won't." worry too much about budgeting and then yeah. i'll set up a company and yeah i'll pay some employees no problem and after a while you realize that oh goodness i think i'm going to pay this payroll on a, the credit card <laughs> and then the other thing i learned is that um the, credit cards i mean they are really dangerous when you're not working because they can uh they get out of control very quickly yeah so you're a digital nomad, then you're in Amsterdam right now, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's that's right. So there, um, we spent there. Um, so the the reason why we uh, started business in Singapore is that we uh, Microsoft moved moved me to Singapore and I continue uh, living in Singapore after I left Microsoft. Ah, uh, there. So there, I I started the business in Singapore and. We spend nine years in Singapore, and it means that here uh, Do you know, have you ever been to Singapore? Uh, yes. And it, it's a, it's it's um it's right like there summer all day. It's not like the London. It's not like Amsterdam. There's no winter. There's only three seasons: hot, hotter, hottest. Right. So that there's nine years of summer, and after nine years years of summer, my wife says that they're yeah, okay enough of summer, we need to go to somewhere with winter. And that's the reason why, uh, yeah, I mean, seriously that there, um, she even said that there, I'm going to go back to Japan if you don't, uh, if you, uh, you can go ahead, stay in the Singapore, but there, uh, I'm going to leave to the place where we have the winter. So there, that's the reason why, and I, I did the research on the uh, places um, as, as a Japanese entrepreneur can uh, relocate and their, I was initially thinking about their moving to US because it's a bigger uh, market for their my industry, uh, but they find out that their uh, business visa is a kind of troublesome. Um, so that they're um, needed to find your places where their uh, foreign entrepreneur can set up the business and they're getting the business visa quite easily. And that's the was the Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, and um, there are many people that listen to this podcast who. Uh, also are almost foreigners living in uh, different countries I've just spent uh, several uh, weeks uh, living in Indonesia and Cambodia do you have any advice uh, f- as a foreigner living in Europe uh, w- w- what uh, how to connect how to you know connect with people and and uh, network and uh, anything you could help us w- with um, what are you going through
0: um, I think that the best way to connect with people still is their Facebook and their Facebook group. So that if you are their, um, let's say, designer, UX designer, you can find their um, many uh, Facebook uh, local Facebook group of designers. In Singapore, it's a UXSG, and there's a uh, designer group for their um, Indonesia and Japan as well. So that your just uh, go ahead and uh, join the group, and you uh, communicate with the people in the Facebook group, and you uh, and and then you you get to know each other, and that will uh, help you um getting to, uh, the um getting the connection in the local uh, country. And actually, that's how I did uh with the uh when I moved to uh, Amsterdam as well. Um, before I come to Amsterdam, I joined uh, a lot of their Facebook book groups, and they start post- and uh, posting an interesting things. And then you, so that they realize that okay, this guy is some uh, is a worthwhile hung- uh, hanging around with. So that as soon as I get to Amsterdam, I could meet up with their, uh, many
1: people. So let's change gears slightly, because this is a show about apps and app entrepreneurship. But um, in terms of your domain name, you have a domain name that I've never, ever heard of uh, before. Uh, and uh, this is the first ever. But uh, t- tell us about uh, Quip and, and why it was called that.
0: So the, the, I was, uh, actually, there's no pronunciation this, to this uh, company name. And their yeah, um, the reason why uh, the if you put this uh, the company name Q E U E P in smaller cases you will look uh, find their human face and that's the meaning of the um the company name and yeah I use it as the icebreaker so that they, I'm. A new entrepreneur, and yeah, no one know me knows me, and yeah, so that yeah, I need yeah, um to impress people when meeting the new uh m- new people, and yeah, the without exception, people ask me how to pronounce this name, and I can explain this the story behind this uh company with no name, the why I want this company name look like a human face. And uh, so, yeah, this is a story behind, and uh, this this worked pr- pretty well for the um the brand new entrepreneur just started the the business uh, from their big company.
1: Uh, you know, Kaz, I have to say that uh, getting people listening to a podcast to go to a website is sometimes challenging, but I guarantee now everyone's going to be going to their browser and typing in Quip to see if it does actually look like a human face. So it's a it's a genius uh, genius thing. Um, <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kaz. Let me just take a moment then to thank my two sponsors. First is Toptal. Toptal is interesting because if you look at their website or maybe even think about the previous times we've spoken about them, there's definitely two major themes that you can pick out that relate to Toptal. One of those themes is the high caliber of individuals who make up part of their network. That's really who TopTal is, it's top talent. It's these high caliber developers, high caliber designers, that's how they think of themselves. And it's really uh, through their rigorous process of uh, vetting. They have uh, like only 3% of people make it through, really tough. And they uh, definitely do this because I've seen it in action. And so uh, because it's really tough, that means that they do have this high caliber of individuals. So that's the first theme. The second theme that I like to think about as well is the process of working with TopTile. If you think about what it takes to actually hire a full time employee, how much uh, you have to pay, Uh, to to actually undertake that, just the level of time as well, Uh, then think about the process of working with TopTal. They call it a a white glove process and what that really means is that a senior level developer or designer uh, will work with you as the client, they'll understand your needs, Uh, they'll find out who from their network is particularly suited for the project and uh, they'll really go ahead and uh, marry you up with the right developer for the project, the right designer. Uh, And then that whole process is really seamless and uh, that's why they call this a a white glove process. What uh, essentially they've done is they've added an additional layer of filtering uh, that the clients get uh, before then working with the uh, particular people in the network. So the hands-on matching process that they have in place is the other major themes. These two major themes should actually encourage you to try them out. If you do have a project, if you do have some work that needs to be done that requires a a top level uh, developer or a designer, then go to toptal.com forward slash pool. It's toptal.com forward slash pool. They'll give you an up to two week risk-free trial. Uh, That means that if they are um, uh, unable to give you a developer that really does meet your needs and excels your expectations, then they will actually pay the developer uh, and you don't have to pay. Uh, that's their risk. That's how committed they are to uh, their network and how much they trust that it is a high caliber network. So go to toptal.com forward slash pool. And hey, thanks toptal for supporting this show. And my next uh, sponsor is GummyCube.com. They have been around now for uh, actually almost since I started this uh, show. Uh, They have been supporting me and uh, they are still going very strong. They are the world's best when it comes to app store optimization. Uh, I know with many of the chats I have with founders, Uh, of app companies that uh, having uh, the best keyword um, search within the App Store is is important. Being found in the App Store is vitally important to actually help with your downloads, with your engagement, with just the whole business of uh, having an app. So uh, don't leave it to chance, just go to GummyCube.com. They can help you find your right audience through App Store Optimization and uh, you would, really will get ahead of the game. So GummyCube.com is the place you need to go to. Uh, remember, they do use mobile data, uh, and they're not just scraping the data off the web. Uh, or using search data they're actually using mobile data um, which makes a big difference it's their big uh, unique selling point so gummycube.com and thank you very much to uh, gummycube for supporting this episode uh, so let's get back to the episode then with kaz let's uh talk about uh, yeah just you know q-u-e-u what was it q-e-u-e-p.com q-e-u-e-p.com uh let's what problem are you solving then in, in the world? Why should people go and check out Quip, and, and what are you doing?
0: So that, again, dear, um, what get me going is dear, um, my initial experience at dear, um, Microsoft when solving their um, call center problem for the Windows 95. Um, at that time, dear, there's no design thing. Uh, um, there's no such thing as a design thinking, so that there's no customer journey mapping or, or persona, but yeah, that's what I did. And the, I used the design technique to solve this uh, call center problem before the uh, launch of Windows 95. And so that yeah, I, I, I wanted to do this as my business. And so that their uh, my company is their uh, design company, started as a design company, and they turned and did uh, after several people, uh, we created their uh, application, uh, their mobile app, and their uh, design tool. But their uh, it was initially the design company.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. So you've actually got an app as well, and. Uh, what, what have you learned with your app? Because that's obviously we're a show sure about apps and app entrepreneurship. Have you, what have you learned to, what, what, I mean, do you have a goal for your app in terms of like how many downloads it should get or is there another purpose to it?
0: Well, dear, uh, maybe I, I should explain that how I started making app uh, from the design. Um, the, I, I have the client uh, doing the behavior uh, analytics. So dear, um, uh, it didn't fry. Uh, it was failure uh, but the, um, That gives me imp- inspiration that there uh, maybe their this didn't work in the B2B But this could work in B2C so that that's the reason why I, I started building this app called the Binary. Th- this has a pronunciation um, and it's um, um, Do you have you ever go to the um, like the exotic restaurant and you uh, You find this uh, dishes is uh very good, and you want to try again, but you don't remember how to pronounce it. Like you go to the Japanese restaurant or the Chinese restaurant, and with some exotic name, and you don't, you you find it great, but you can you cannot really uh, remember how to pronounce it. And yes. Yeah. So uh, and I'm very bad remembering the people name as well. So that uh, but I don't have the habit of note taking. So I use Evernote maybe once in a month. And I don't take the note, but the uh, I, I bring the note, but the, I don't really open and the uh, scribble. So the, I'm very lazy guy, and I, I find I wanted to solve my problem to um, help people remembering things association in association was with people and place. So you don't have to type, you don't have to write. You just need to take a picture and the associate people and place and they save it. So that's binary.
1: Oh, okay, great. That, I mean, and so you got the idea for the app. What's been the toughest challenge you have had in terms of bringing that to consumers?
0: It, it started as the B2B app. So there, um, the challenge was that there, um, the, uh, the MVP uh, that we made was there, um, pretty much B2B and we needed to pivot to B2C. And it took me a while. It actually, it took me one year to uh, to create the another MVP for the B two C, and that was the biggest mistake I made. I should have made the uh, probably the smaller uh, function uh, MVP, and rather than the full func- uh, the the eighty percent function of MVP.
1: Right, right, Let me just repeat this then. So you took a year to get uh, the MVP ready for the uh, B two C business to consumer. Yeah. Okay, and then what you're, what we're learning from you is perhaps uh, that uh, what what is is too long.
0: Yeah, too long, and you start uh, start even smaller. I, I saw that it's a small start, but you uh, I should have started even smaller, so that uh, if... EF. Their, uh what I was initially saying, uh, the, if 100, 100 is a full function product, maybe I, uh, their, I started with 80 and I should have started at the point of 30. Uh, y-
1: yes. And uh, in terms of then launching uh, the MVP to what uh, beta testers to users, uh, what have you learned in your journey so far uh, in, in terms of getting people to test it for you?
0: Uh, the getting people so there, um, we launched their uh, app and it, it was featured at their product hunt so uh, it was good start so that their, I have their uh, pretty good download and I'm tracking the DAU and DAU is okay um, but uh, the one metric that matters to me is that the number of the notes created by uh, on the daily basis. So that this is not uh, the visual note app. So that their, um, if people don't create new no, uh, new note, uh, people will not uh, will stop using it. So that's their, um, and the DAU will decrease. It, it, it's okay, but the uh, for, for now. But their, if the number of nodes created by on daily basis uh, will is smaller than there should be. Uh, it's bad so that their uh, learning is that uh, you have to really measure the one metrics that matter in, in case of binary It's a number of notes created and then they, you have to um, the, the uh, Focus on the uh, functions that uh, increase their usage in uh, and they help encourage encourage people to create more notes uh, visual notes using binary.
1: Yes, and DAU is...
0: DAU, what? yeah, the, the, the daily active user. Uh,
1: okay, so what I've learned from you then, uh, Kaz, is that uh, it, sometimes we have to focus on the one metric that is we think is most important, and, and it's not the daily active user's but in your case, it's the number of people creating a new node. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah, because of the uh, DAU is just, um, the, I think that the important thing is that what, uh, DAU is the uh, important metrics, but the, what pushes the DAU further? And uh, you sh- I, I, what the learning is that I need to find this metrics that pushes DAU rather than the uh, focus on DAU itself.
1: Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. Uh, so, have you then funded this completely by yourself, or have you taken this out to investors to uh, try and raise a round of funding?
0: No, I'm. Uh, what I'm doing is that, they're I'm pre- uh, I'm doing the consulting business, and making money, and reinvesting the, this money into the uh, app making, so that they're um uh, 100% bootstrapping.
1: Uh, and what's the benefit of that? I'm guessing it's you have complete control.
0: Yeah, I have complete control. Um, the, uh, also that there, um, it doesn't. So I, I think that there are many startup wants to be there, uh startup, not the small business. Meaning that you have to, uh, it, it's a, a urge to re, uh, use this big funding for to leverage the growth, uh, for the growth. And I, I think th- this is a big pressure, and I don't have this pressure. There, um, I can stay small business uh, and call myself a startup, but their, I can uh, there um, stay as there a uh, small business without the uh, external pressure to leverage the funding and their, uh, uh, uh grow faster and bigger.
1: This is so refreshing because. Uh, I, I just recently learned from uh, my uh, uh, someone I l- watch very closely uh, is uh, Seth Godin and uh, he, he had this wonderful phrase of uh, something along the lines of uh, funding companies that have funded are just putting off the day they will actually need to go out and ask their customers for money in somehow and um, what what he's promoting is uh, the idea of building a sustainable uh, business, but a small business and something that can perhaps be a good lifestyle business and uh, focusing on the, the smaller number of customers rather than raising a huge amount of money and, and just putting off the day you actually need to make it into a real business.
0: I totally agree with that because of the um, I'm pretty okay um, making the uh, the living out of the consulting and uh, and leave this uh, the, um, the, the small portion of money to reinvest into my app uh, in hope that uh, eventually this app will make some extra revenue. So I, I think this is their kind of sustainable model uh, alternative to their raising their uh, funding from their uh, uh, venture capital.
1: And this is why it's inspiring listening to you because it, and this is what I do the podcast for, is to try and get the genuine uh, good advice for anyone pursuing this. And uh, what I've learned from you is that it sometimes is better to have a passion project that has the potential to turn into something bigger, but bootstrap it yourself and uh, and, and not have to, I guess that means that you can actually build it to, to perhaps be better for the user experience rather than building it for metrics that potential investors are looking at
0: and I, I have here uh, many friends um, asking for advice uh, and to, how, how do I start my company they are usually working for big company because of my background and my advice always is that they're okay uh, you're working for big company and you stay and you start as side project if it uh, if your company allows you to do it um so there, start as a side project and and you don't have to make uh, you don't have to have the big investment making app probably if you have the two uh two grants you can have you can make the uh pretty good quality mvp uh mobile app um, and if you're working for big company, two grand is not a big investment. So why don't you just start with that? That's the that always is my advice to the um, the company who's working for an entrepreneur and the uh, dreaming to become their uh, the, uh, the people who are working for the big company uh, dreaming about being their entrepreneurs. Just start it as start as a side business with a small investment of two grand.
1: Let's let just before we say goodbye to you, then, Kaz. The last thing is that in our pre-chat, you mentioned uh, bankruptcy, and uh, you must have had uh, some pressure from, uh, I guess, uh, doing things that, that have failed. Uh, how, how do you deal with um, the you know the pressure of something like bankruptcy? And any advice to anyone else who may be struggling uh, with the same thing?
0: Um, the I think that are, um, the revenue heals everything. So the um, the keep your pipeline full.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. You know the reason I ask. The reason I ask is because I've gone through bankruptcy, and uh, it was actually a really tough lesson. You know, leaving a corporate, uh, the stable corporate environment, and uh, running my own company, and and then having to pay because I'm taking on employees and taking on an office and all these expensive things that were totally and utterly irrelevant to the running of the business. Uh, and then I had to learn my my hard my lesson. And yes, it was very stressful. But when I made that decision and went into bankruptcy and uh, came out the other end, I realized that I'd been walking a tightrope, but the tightrope was only two inches off the ground and the fall was not that bad. And th- did you have a similar experience?
0: It's bad, but that you have to fire everybody. But they um, i think that they um, the something that um, the entrepreneur needs to be prepared, uh, just the just to be prepared to be the one uh, to be a bad guy firing someone.
1: Yeah, and I'm—I'm I'm guessing that that experience is perhaps why you have a certain business um, uh, ethos now, which is uh, bootstrapping your own uh, company. Yeah, it's the same for me. This is fascinating. I am definitely know we've inspired some uh, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs out there who uh, have, I've certainly learned a huge amount from you. So Kaz, how best can people get in touch with you, reach out, connect?
0: Uh, the, the people can reach out to me via LinkedIn and you can just search their Kazuya Nakamura and their, uh, also that I'm pretty active in their uh, Twitter and uh, their, the, if you if, just follow me and you send me direct message uh, that is the best way to uh, connect me
1: Great, well sh- the show notes will be on episode 487 of the AppGuy podcast just go to co and uh, search for uh, Kaz, Kaz Uler. Uh, uh, Kaz, it's been great. Um, the first person I've spoken to who has a human face for the dot-com and uh, a fascinating, interesting journey. Absolutely. I love it. Th- thank you for coming on.
0: Thank you, Andy. I really enjoyed you being here.
1: So I hope you enjoyed this episode. There are two big boasts that I need to talk about. One is that uh, I did help uh, work with uh, my friends at Mondeley they are uh, absolutely storming it with millions and millions of downloads now this app had a big update i helped with the relaunch of it and uh, we had some good traction we got um, onto product hunt And reached uh, hot this weekend, uh, featured by Apple, and uh, did some really cool growth hacks. And so uh, that was boast number one. Boast number two is that uh, I've been working with my good friend Andreas, and oh wow, this app, he spent months on uh, doing original photo shoots and working really hard on the recipes. It's a vegetarian app called Krautkopf, uh, Krautkopf, and I did some uh, growth hacks and various things for him Uh, we had a good day on product hunt but even better and we've had some really good success on uh, reddit and uh, I've got a a document that uh, goes through on Google Drive Uh, walking through the success we had um, with the various posts posts about 548 um, upvotes and made the homepage twice the homepage twice uh, position 48 and uh, it was a really good, fun experience. Learned, I learned personally a lot. So, if you need some uh, growth hack strategies, uh, if you need some help with uh, launching your app, then do get in touch with me. This is what I do. I'm good at it, and I can help you. So, thanks very much to uh, my friends at Mondly and my friends at Krautkopf uh, for help, letting me help them launch their awesome apps and share the news as well with you go and check those two apps out they are really cool um anyway look forward to getting another episode out shortly bye for now